0: Welcome to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are a psychology and gaming show. My name is Oswey Cardona with Kelly Dunlap. Whoop. Kelly. I've been I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter lately.
1: You and the rest of the world, apparently.
0: A lot, a lot of people, and uh, this game has done something to me that hasn't happened to me in a very, very, very long time. I I think I described it to you as I feel like I'm studying this game. I'm not I'm not just playing it. Mm-hmm. I I checked my my current playtime and I think it's at maybe, I think it was at 24 hours, okay, since it came out. But that doesn't count all the time I've spent reading wikis, watching extensive tutorials on YouTube, and a few of those hours of my playtime are spent in what's essentially a training area where you can just try things out and work on combos, and I've spent hours in, in there. And... I am having more fun than I've had with any game in a long, long time.
1: I'm very happy for you in Monster Hunter. Please invite me to the wedding. Are you jealous? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I I mean, I, I do not have time to delve into something as uh, as deep as Monster Hunter, but Monster Hunter, but I have been really enjoying hearing and watching other people play and, and their experiences. Cause it does feel like it's that kind of game that you can in the best of ways, lose yourself and really become invested in the surroundings. It reminds me a lot of, um, ARC. Did you ever play ARC?
0: No, but I'm familiar with it.
1: So yeah, it's a it's kind of thing where you can invest a lot of time in it and there are strategies that you can adopt and things that you can practice and, um, you know, which when you put effort into something, it it becomes valuable. So it it makes a lot of sense. I, I'm with you. I, I I am not shunning you. I accept you as you are, Josué, Monster Hunters, and all.
0: You know, but it, it's so weird because maybe the last game I put a lot of time into was Destiny. So so maybe we can draw some some Destiny Halo parallels here uh, because I know Halo is your thing. And I'm curious if, if any of the things that I'm talking about, like that idea of studying a game, if you ever went through that or, or had that experience with, with Halo or, or any other game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, in Halo there, uh, there was a time many, many moons ago when I actually played Halo semi-competitively. And so I was in a, a clan, and I mean there were we. I did practices. You had to log a certain number of practice hours every week. You had uh, maps that the leadership had drawn out that had all of the MLG callouts listed on them. So you know top mid, blue center, you know sniper nest, what, whatever they were. And so I would study those maps so that way I could not only give the callouts when you know something was happening, but that I would uh, understand them when I was playing. Um, competitively, we practice strategies. We, you know, figured out different ways to capture the flag in different situations based on maps and based on vehicle types and based on who was on the team at the time. So yes, I am. I am familiar with sinking a large amount of time into a game to to become better at it.
0: So this is this is what where kind of my mind has been uh, for the past week. A game like like Destiny or like Halo, right? Like or let's talk about competitively, right? You're talking about. Um, there's this there's this game on top of the game right now it's there there's other levels to it like the call outs now you're you're essentially training to to beat other people and in destiny it felt very uh similar in that I played a lot i mean hundreds of hours of destiny and my my motivation was always to help my friends and to to be a a an essential part of the team, right? Or or I wanted to feel like I contributed to the team. And that involved a lot of practice and it involved a lot of grinding to get the particular armor or weapons that, that I wanted. But that felt so in comparison to, to, to what I'm experiencing now in monster hunter, it felt simple because I knew that there were, you know, a set number of, of weapons or a set number of, um, Armor sets and and it was really like I felt like I was training. I was getting better by repeatedly playing. My skill was improving, um, but it wasn't. There was only so much I could do. I could just like keep playing to improve my skill, but it feels different because there's so many systems and things involved in this in this particular game. Again, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it and thinking about why. I haven't been able to stop thinking about why I can't stop thinking about it.
1: <laughs> so I can give another example uh, of a. situation similar to that when i was uh, heavily invested in skyrim after several several hours i eventually started looking into enchanting armor and it was not something i ever had ever been interested in but i saw john playing and he had this really cool thing that he could do and i'm like whoa how do you do that i want that you know so i'm like destroy everything spell and it was awesome and he's like well you have to enchant things and then so i started literally like studying how do I how do I merge two things together? Or um, like when you're mixing potions in Skyrim, you're trying to figure out, okay, what three ingredients go together to make a health potion? Or, and how can I, you know, based on what I have in my inventory, you know, how can I make a health potion or a fortify potion or a magic potion based on what I'm going to need? So I feel like that is in line with kind of what you're saying of it goes for in one level, like the Halo Destiny level, there is the practice to improve your skill. Whereas in the Monster Hunter Skyrim kind of level, it's not just skill, it's an understanding of the system itself. So it's more about like the the systemic thinking and the dynamics of the game and how to capitalize on them rather than saying, figuring out your opponent and exploiting strategies around that.
0: So among the many, which I believe are also hours of of videos that I've consumed on YouTube about Monster Hunter, uh, I found there was one video that had a quote, and it was from a book called A Theory of Fun for Game Design by Raf Koster. And the quote says, fun in games arises out of mastery. It arises out of comprehension. It is the act of solving puzzles that makes games fun. With games, learning is the drug. And this guy, which I I don't remember which video it was that I saw it on. (laughs) But I will look for the video and put it in the show notes. He was explaining, he was trying to explain why he thought that this game was so amazing. And when I read that, it kind of, I think it kind of clicked for me too. That idea of this fun arising out of comprehension. It reminded me of I like fighting games, but I'm I'm a casual fighting game player, and when I played Soul Caliber two, um, back on the GameCube, which I remember I bought because every every console had a, an exclusive character, and on mm-hmm. GameCube you could get Link from Legend of Zelda, and that that was enough for me to want to buy that game, and so I'm playing the game, and I remember the moment where. Like I could, I saw the matrix, like I could see what this fighting game was doing. And it was like, you could see that, that attacks were either vertical or horizontal. So I remember like this very specific moment where I had one character that was, um, making a vertical slice, like there was, had a stick and was push, pulling it over their head down on top of me. And then I hit them with a horizontal short attack. I was like, oh, wait a minute, I can counter that attack. With this attack. It was like, it's like fighting game 101, right? That <laughs> it's a technical battle and, and you're, you're finding ways to counter and go against, uh, you know, meet, meet, meet your, your challenger, um, your challenger's attacks. And I remember seeing that and then getting it. And that feeling of just getting it was so satisfying. Then I was able to see fighting games differently. Cause again, like I could, I could see how this worked. And I feel that happening in Monster Hunter. Because in part, when you start the game, it gives you all the basics that you need. It's like, oh, look, this button does this. This button does that. We can do this. Here's some combos, and then, and then that's it. But that's like five percent of how to play. I, I still, <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around why they did it this way, and I, I think it's because of of what I'm what I'm trying to to explain. Because there's so much that you discover. For yourself or on on your own like I'm, I'm not discovering these things by myself because I'm I'm using wikis and I'm going on forums and I'm watching again extensive weapon tutorials on YouTube so I'm, I'm getting this from other people but the game doesn't really give me that and maybe there have been moments where I did something and I'm like huh what was that and I didn't understand it I had to repeat it and that feeling I mean that quote says that you know the learning is a drug and Oh, and I am feeling it. I am feeling it.
1: Are you? Hooked? And I'm loving it. Are you hooked on phonics? I'm that's hooked. That's what I'm hearing.
0: I am hooked. <laughs>
1: so, so going back to what you said about you know, the learning is the drug, and you know, we like games because we feel masterful and because we feel competent. That's like pretty much straight out of the self determination theory literature, which is a, a psychological theory that. Tries to explain human motivation, and it's been strongly adopted by the games community. Uh, pretty much every GDC for the last couple of years has had some kind of SDT theory um, presented at because it it does explain why games can feel I hate the term quote unquote addicting. You know, learning is the drug. I, I well, one I wish we could get away from that kind of terminology, but I also understand that's how that's how we talk right now. So tangent anyway. Back to SDT, it's the idea that when you play a game or rather games are specifically designed to help you build mastery, to help you build a sense of confidence, to make you raise your sense of self-efficacy, which is the belief that you can do the thing. Um, And so, I mean, it's not only within games. I mean, really good learning programs do the same thing. They make you feel masterful. They make you feel confident. They make you feel like you can do it. And so I think that's maybe the hook that he's coming from is it feels good to feel stretched, but accomplished to, it's, it's a lot like flow where you're at the edge of your ability and you're, you feel like you can almost do it. And you know, if you just keep trying, you can get there. And then when you hit that achievement, whatever the achievement is for you, it's incredibly satisfying. And that's regardless of, whether you're talking about Monster Hunter or Halo or baking a really yummy cupcake you know there's there's something really powerful about feeling like you're good at something and when you proposed this topic to me i have been thinking about it all week cuz you you had mentioned that there's not really a word for what we're trying to uh, dissect necessarily like how do how do we describe this and What's come to my mind is the difference between getting through and getting good, if that makes sense. So I I know personally I have a uh, very vocal history of being anti-strategy guide <laughs> and anti any kind of help or, or fact or seeing like it's cheating. Um, but I, I really stepped back and, and thought about it when you brought this topic up because, one, obviously that was not the case for Halo. Um, it was not the case when I was playing Skyrim. And it's been true for, for other examples. And At least in my own reflections, what I've realized is when I'm trying to get through a game, like I'm I'm defeating the game is the goal, like Portal, for example, I don't want any help because I want the achievement to all be mine. Like I did it. I didn't need any help. I got through it. On the other hand, getting good at something requires study, but there's no amount of study in Portal necessarily that is going to make me better at it. Um, I mean, you might get quicker at solving the puzzles and there may be some kind of visual-spatial development that you are are having, but it's not like you can do this in in Halo where you can actually level up and become a better Halo player. Or in your case, you know, by doing all the studying in Monster Hunter is to make you... You're not just trying to get through Monster Hunter because that's not the goal. It's, It's almost like the difference between going through campaign versus going through multiplayer. Campaign, the goal is to finish the game. And multiplayer is to get good at the game. And I hope that makes some kind of sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, this is this is getting more complicated the more we talk about it, because the idea of, again, getting good and and training, like there's different things that, that are involved there. And there's a big difference between learning how, I don't know, sticky grenades work, for example, right? It's like, oh, I didn't know. This is like basic stuff where it's like, oh, I didn't know that sticky grenades, you could stick them on a person or you could stick them.
1: Or they don't stick on a wall.
0: Or they well, don't stick walls. on a wall, right? Right? Depends uh, on the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know which walls it sticks on and which one it doesn't, right? Um So it's like, oh, wait a minute. Now I have this new information that I can use to go forward. I think it's different from when you have all the information and then you just practice um, doing it so like w- when you mentioned that you don't like strategy guides um, at first I was like well you know like come on like w- why have to be like that like don't don't, don't be judgy <laughs> of people that don't <laughs> like strategy guides <laughs> <laughs> but now as as we're talking about this I'm thinking you maybe were having you were enjoying figuring it out on your own and yeah. if you and if someone gave you the answer you it, it wouldn't be as fun for you
1: imagine if someone spoiled the puzzle in portal like, there's no, there's no sense of accomplishment. Oh, you just go there, 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 boom, done. Like, what's the point then?
0: Well, now, but now there is a sense of frustration that can come from never figuring it out. Yes. And getting some help. I heard the other day about a, a website. I have to look it up. I haven't seen it. I just heard someone talk about it on a podcast, where they it's it's essentially a tips uh, website for adventure games. So like old adventure games. And then when you go, because you can't solve a particular puzzle in a room... It has three levels of clues, so it'll give you like a very basic, subtle hint, a more explicit hint, and then at the third one, it'll it'll essentially give you the answer. And I think that that's really good um, for for what we're talking about. Like if you if the if the learning is the drug, if you really love that experience, the fun comes in the comprehension. Sometimes a little bit of help is is enough to get us there because we still feel like we we did it. We still feel like we like we figured it out. And I think at games games that are that are very complicated, like adventure games are not um, necessarily complicated in the same sense, right? There aren't crazy systems. It's always one puzzle in a room. Or even something like Celeste, which I which we talked about recently. That game, sometimes you walk into a room and you look at it, and I mean that's the way the game is set up. It's always like one room at a time. You walk into the room and and so I've, I've, sometimes I've just sat there and I look at the room and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I have no idea how to do this. And sometimes you, you maybe be uh, like, you just have to start trying different things until something works and then it clicks. And there is that moment where you're like, oh, oh, obviously, like I have these three uh, skills and I had to use them in this combination to make it through. And we didn't talk about that last time we talked about Celeste, but I think, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that that is part of the satisfaction that is felt from a game like that. Now it does get so hard <laughs> at times where I think that's where the assist mode is really great. Uh, I I've heard of people who like, they couldn't make these particular jumps because it was just too fast. So they lowered the speed a little bit and that way you can almost prove your theory correctly. Cause you're like, I think I can do this, 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 but you couldn't actually pull it off. So you lower the, the speed maybe. And now it's like, oh, okay, there, there, there. Okay. I did it. I was able to like, my, my theory was correct the, the idea that I had my solution for the puzzle was there. And I think that's, that's a great example of like the difference between the actual skill level thing and the, and the systems and understanding uh piece of it. And Right, there's so many different types of games. I don't think that this mastery comprehension idea applies to to all games. I, it definitely doesn't because so many games are narrative based, and so many games are, like we said, a, a skill based game where you're trying to get good, and you only have you know a limited set of of buttons. Isn't necessarily like it, it's it's not necessarily the same. But the more the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to see something that is, is starting to seem more and more obvious. <laughs> this idea of uh, loving that moment where that aha moment where you you figured it out.
1: Yeah, and I think the aha moment can come in a variety of different packaging. Um so for example, I so I just finished playing Life is Strange. I just binged all five chapters and there were two or three parts during the game that I got stuck at. And it was really frustrating because I didn't I didn't feel like it was a matter of me not knowing, like I knew the mechanics, I knew what I was supposed to do. I just couldn't figure out how it wanted me to do it. Um, and so I, I did. I went and I looked it up because i in my mind, the goal of this game is to get through the, the sense of accomplishment and happiness and joy and mastery and confidence I have playing this game comes from... Figuring I mean to some degree, figuring out the puzzles, but that's I think you could have played that game without that as well. It's about the the narrative, the experience and making really difficult choices and the satisfaction when I would make a choice and then rewind and make the other choice and realize that my first choice felt better and then go back and make that one again so like okay, I'm on to you game, I'm on to you, and that's that's the satisfaction that that game gives is like decision and consequence. And which is a totally different kind of satisfaction from, say, playing a game like Portal, where the goal is still to get through the game, but I want to get through based on my brains. So my, my cognitive intelligence, whereas Life is Strange is more about my emotional intelligence, whereas something like Monster Hunter or Halo or Destiny is more about, um, like, strategic thinking and systems thinking and understanding how the universe works to use it toward my advantage like there's there's nothing to be gained from playing life is strange knowing how the universe works the universe works because you make a decision and then you go down a branching tree arc like there's no there's some cause and effect but there's nothing really juicy about it
0: and there's no fail state
1: well, I mean, I I failed a couple times. But then you just rewind and you know. But well, yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> it turns gray. and You are like, no, you really shouldn't have poured the coke can on the guy. He just wants to kill you now. Um, uh, but whereas with with Monster Hunter and other games like Skyrim, it it really is about it's more about the, no, that's super cheesy. I wouldn't say more about the journey, but that's not it. Ugh. It like you said, it's 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 this feeling of accomplishment from figuring something out versus the feeling of accomplishment from completing something and so yeah the difference i guess between finishing the race and understanding all the physics that are involved that get you from the start to the finish Hmm. well i mean like, like 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 auto racing for example like you put your foot down on the gas pedal and the car goes and that's as deep as you need to get when your goal is just to get to the finish line but if you're a, a gearhead and your, your joy comes from understanding how the car works, and you're going to need to know about the, and you want to make your car faster, then you need to know about engines and you need to know about car parts. Obviously, I don't know anything about car parts because I'm using the term car parts. Um, you know, the, the right kind of tires, the wind to accelerate into a turn, what kind of angle to get at. And those are all different strategies for still completing the game, but your priority and your satisfaction comes from a different a different place.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, driving games. I remember having that same kind of experience where I was like, "How do I, how do I make a turn properly so I don't spin out?" And I was like, "Oh, I need to break into the turn. I need to do this. I need to do that." Um, driving games. Um, a lot of them have like a, a track that you follow on the. I mean, there's the track where you're racing, and then there's like a um a visual aid for you to follow. Uh, to take a tr- to take a turn, for example, and it shows you um, like what speed you should be going at. So you're learning. There's like this this um, incremental learning, right? That that starts coming up, and then eventually, when that's gone and you do that on your own, it feels really, really good. And I'm I'm thinking about different games that have more. Like, more options. Really, like going back to Halo, it's like, well, I could come in here with a sniper, or I could come in with a shotgun. Like, that's a completely different way to play.
1: Well, what situation could you easily use a sniper as much as a shotgun?
0: I'm saying you go into a game, right? And I you're mean, like, it's, oh. like,
1: super different. Like,
0: it is... range. Well, you can play versus... up close, or you can play from a distance.
1: Oh, I thought you meant going into a room, like... I could take out this hunter with this weapon as easily anyway, I'm I'm getting
0: off on the tangent. You pick your loadouts and you pick your style of <laughs> gameplay. You know? It's that like, well, true, yes. you know, I'm this type of player, I'm this type of player. Like, you know, I'm I'm the type of person who's just like, uh, my shotguns uh shots are, are whizzing by people's heads from from point blank range. I I'm not good with a shotgun. So maybe maybe I should try a different strategy, right? <laughs> that type of thing. Like you, you have all these options and you have different ways to play. Um, recently in Destiny, I I kept coming in last in my team. I was like, man, like is there is there anything differently th- different that I can do? And I started um, messing with the controls, and I I made my my turning faster, right? The sensitivity I, I put it up, mm-hmm. and once I became faster, that actually helped me a lot. I realized I was moving, I guess my character was moving slower than than my brain wanted it to, and I, I started playing better once I changed the sensitivity. Um, I was playing Battlefront recently, and I played, I was trying to, this one this one, kind of uh, gave me a headache, actually. I was playing the uh, space uh, simulation mode. I forget what it's called. Something Star, star Assault, something like that in Battlefront and Battlefront 2, and I couldn't figure out the controls. They changed the controls from Battlefront 1 to Battlefront 2, and everything I was trying to do with the controls, my... The, 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 on the screen, my ship was doing something completely different. And it wasn't until I kept changing the control, uh, scheme until I finally, I think I ended up going southpaw inverted something else. I was like completely oh backwards goodness. from, <laughs> from what I did before. And then I was like, oh, now, now I can play. And now I could, I could actually enjoy it. There was also some satisfaction there of like looking for that and, and finding it. And these things almost feel like they're a part of the game, but they're not. I don't know, like like how often do you discuss how much fun you had, you know, finding your ideal control scheme or, you know, it, it's different when you're talking about like the your preferred loadout that that makes more sense or the armor set that you want to pick. Or I mean, even in Skyrim, I'm, I'm guessing that you got to a point where you're like this, this is I like this character this way and I like these weapons and I like this, like at least like these stats where where they are. It probably took you a while, but I'm guessing you got to a point where it, it felt good.
1: I'm like the worst person in the world to make that comparison with because <laughs> I I love Skyrim. And one of the reasons I love Skyrim is that it made it really, really simple to choose the right gear as opposed to you know Oblivion or Dear God Morrowind when you spend 90% of your time playing dress-up with your character. And that's actually the main reason I never, ever played Bioshock. Or not Bioshock, I'm sorry, um, Mass Effect. Like, I tried, I tried, but I just I couldn't get past all the stats crunching. I hate it. But I will say that once I got my character equipped in all heavy armor with the most badass two-handed weapon I could get, like... When I when I played the kitty version of Morrowind, you know, then yes. Um, but I, I know for some people the joy is in finding those stats and having that heartbreaking decision between having the best outfit in terms of stats and having an outfit that doesn't look like total crap. And I know I know that's a struggle for a lot of people. Um, I'm blessed that I don't I don't have to to worry about that because I just don't care about stats that much.
0: My Monster Hunter character looks so ridiculous right now. I can barely I look at him. Yeah. I bet.
1: <laughs> uh, but no, I, again, I think it comes, ultimately comes down to this idea that we play games because we get something out of them. And in this framework we're talking about, we get feelings of mastery, of skill, of competence, of the belief that we can do better and then having that belief paid out um, that you can study and that your studies are rewarded which, again, these are all things that are not necessarily abundant or even true in, in the non-game world. I mean, you can study your butt off for a test and then the teacher's like, whoop, I'm not going to give you that stuff. I'm going to give you a completely different thing. And then so even though you worked really hard, you can have the rug pulled out from underneath you. And that's such a defeating feeling, like feeling like you've been cheated out of something like that. So, Or,
0: or even worse, like your your, your top skill isn't what's desired at the moment or at all. It's like, yeah, you're oh. really good at that, but we don't we don't want that. We want you to, we want fetch quests. We don't want you to go kill the monster. It's like, oh.
1: Yes, <laughs> that that really hits home for mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. my, I mean, God, I hate math. <laughs> I hate all things math. I've never been good at math. And you know, when I take intelligence tests that I had to do for school and, and like the SATs and all those kinds of things, I never did well. Like I was always on the lower end of the normal bell curve, which is like not in line at all with the way I think about myself. Um, but it's because on those tests in particular, they're valuing skills that aren't my strengths. Now, if you gave me an emotional intelligence test, I'd be a freaking genius. So, or, or, you know, better than I am on the SATs. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, de- it depends on, on what you're measuring and, and how your skills measure up in that area. And the beautiful thing about games is that you get to pick the skills that you want to either work on or show off. And that can happen within the same game. Like imagine playing a game where you're trying to collect all the achievements or you're trying to do a speed run or you're trying to get 100% or you're trying to, you know, or you're just playing through uh, for the story. Like those are all different ways that we can feed ourselves, like feed our sense of competence and and value And, you know, experience something enjoyable, even just within one game.
0: Hey, have you listened to GT Radio? It's the original Geek Therapy podcast. It's actually where Kelly and I met. I interviewed her for the show a few years ago. The show has changed a lot. We call it GT Radio now, not just Geek Therapy. And we have four co-hosts every week, including Lauren Keller, who you may have heard on this show before. GT Radio is a weekly celebration of geek culture and mental health. What does that mean? There's a panel of mental health and psychology professionals geeking out about the stuff that they really like and think is important. To check out GT Radio, just search for GT Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. I, I can't not mention Jane McGonigal uh, here because uh, she's, in her books, she's mentioned so many times that the, the real world could learn from video games. How often for work, or imagine if your employees were as excited about learning how to do their job better as I am about learning how to hunt monsters right now, you'd have a pretty impressive workforce, I think. (laughs) And, and maybe different people are enjoying Monster Hunter for different reasons. I can, I can only say that, that right now I'm loving this part of the game is just being a geek about the game right now. I am going deep into the systems and learning all of these different things and, And I'm slowly going through it and learning how things happen. Like this is the type of game where you should change your loadout every single time that you, you go out on a mission and it depends on who's on your team. And, and there's so many different complicated things and elements and like, it's, it's super, super complicated. And there are things in my life that I tend to study and read about that. I think I spend more time on than actually doing like gaming is one of them. I read about video games more than I play video games. And I enjoy that. I find that a lot of fun and I am I'm almost getting to the point where I'm enjoying studying monster hunter as much right now. It's as much, not more yet, but as much as I am playing it. I don't know. I've got so many thoughts in my head, but one thing that you said earlier about, you know, overcoming an obstacle and, and learning in a way to, to overcome that obstacle. There's something about the visual of a giant monster, Right, like literally you're starting fighting a giant iguana and by like two or three hours in, you're fighting, well, maybe like five or six hours in, you're fighting a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's like a giant dragon that you're fighting. And the way the game is set up, it's like you don't really have stats that are going up. It's like you're not really stronger. You're, you're essentially the same person you've just um, made different choices regarding, well, now I'm gonna use this weapon or I'm gonna use armor that maybe helps me a little bit in this area or that area. But you, you aren't really, it's not like you're leveling up in, in right. a sense. And and so there's something incredible about taking down a dragon. Or there, there are moments in this game where suddenly like two giant beasts are fighting each other. And you're literally just like hitting their legs because they're so, <laughs> they're so big, but it feels so good. To, to kind of have that, that payoff of like I, I studied all of this and now I'm coming over here with what I learned and I'm able to put it into practice and it's amazing. And I don't know, it's it's different because in a game like Destiny, I'm not studying on the side, I'm practicing. But here hmm. I'm studying and then putting it into practice. That's, that's very different than, like most games aren't that way.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think you've hit on something really important, the idea that your character isn't leveling up because to some extent in games like Destiny or other games that have leveling mechanics, you're getting stronger, um, but not necessarily because you are competent. Like it, it only takes so many um, shards before, or not shards, what do they use in Destiny? I don't even remember anymore. It's been so long since I played. Uh, the the things you trade in to get cool armor Abrams? and stuff. Ingrams, yeah. yeah. Or or the crystals, right? Aren't there light crystals?
0: The light crystals?
1: <laughs> it's been a really long time since i played, but I thought you had to collect like a certain kind of crystal to get to the next level. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the idea, though, is that the game is what's boosting you along. And yes, your skills are increasing. And yes, your understanding of the game is also increasing. But you are being made stronger by the game. Whereas in Monster Hunter, you are being made a more effective and powerful person by your own wits. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really powerful. And it actually reminds me a lot, uh, I'll bring up Portal again, because that's a game where you don't power up, you don't necessarily get any more tools or, or special abilities the further you go. You just get better because you keep facing more complex and challenging situations. And you've learned from previous situations. And now, you know, think about from the very first, puzzle you solved and then the very last one you solved like it's it's this amazing learning arc and you really get to take credit for it because it's it's all you the game isn't isn't giving you the boost you are doing all the work
0: the witness is a game that i'm thinking now had a similar effect on me because in that game you you literally learn a new language so you start with a very basic puzzle and then a few puzzles down the road another element is added to it and then you mm-hmm. see oh this symbol means something and then this other symbol means something else and then as it imagine imagine learning chess where you only have pawns at first and all of a sudden you get a rook and then you get a knight and then you get a bishop. And then every time something new is added to the board, each of those pieces has a completely different way of moving. And that's how the witness works. And every puzzle just gets like as you as you progress, you keep learning more and more symbols which each have a completely different um meaning. I want to say meaning, but it's really um way of play. I don't I don't I don't know how to describe it, but you're it, it really does feel like you're learning a language. By the end of it, it is so incredibly <laughs> difficult it is so frustrating towards the end i i, I had to get um, help by the end because it was it was so advanced but most of that game i enjoyed it so so until i got to that wall i mm-hmm. loved that feeling of learning now it, it also feels i don't want to get too much into this but i think that one of the things a monster hunter does really well is that it has the way it um, eases you into it. Like I said, at the beginning, you have everything you need to fire your weapon. But the more you play and the more you learn about the systems, you realize that there's so much more that you can do with those same combinations and those different uh, button presses, right? Like, oh, if you combine this with this, it does something completely different. You're literally learning combos and all these things that the game doesn't really tell you like you're you're starting to learn a speak a different language essentially right like you are completely different you could go you could start the game over again and you would be so much better than you were at the beginning yeah I don't know I still don't I still don't know if I have or if we've come up with a with a with a name for it I think bringing up self determination theory is 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 a good foundation. But I'm really loving, again, the the studying part of it. It's it's what school lacks, right? Like if mm-hmm. school got you this excited about learning anything, school would be way, way, way better. And most students don't get to experience that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why I'm enjoying this so much because I love that feeling. I loved um, being in school and learning something that I was excited about and wanting to find out more about it and it wasn't necessarily about getting good. I know we've talked about that a little, but I I don't feel that that's it. I think that I'm I'm loving the world that that I'm I'm discovering, and I, because I'm I'm learning the way that everything works together. And yeah, there's like the gaming part of it is that I'm able to step into that world now and play with all of those different pieces and look for them. I don't know. I'm this game is making me very very happy.
1: <laughs> and it, I, I think, what you're referencing. Um... It reminds me a lot of the theoretical work around hard fun, the idea that, you know, fun doesn't mean easy. It means something that is um, rewarding to us in some way, and some fun is really difficult and really challenging. And something else I think you you hit right on the head was it's learning through discovery, uh, it's self-directed learning through discovery. You you got to choose the game. You get to choose how you interact with it. You get to choose how much time, for the most part, you, you spend on it. And you're directing your own learning. And then the game is giving you feedback about how well you are learning or whether you need to improve in some area.
0: Oh, that's a great point. In this game, for example, Monster Hunter, you you have 14 weapons to choose from right off the bat. You know, other games would progress you through one and then the other, make sure that you get a taste of all of them and then it will come back around and maybe let you choose one finally. Like that type of thing doesn't happen in this game. It's like, it is, self-directed is is a perfect word. It's like, start wherever you want. What do you want to do? Which can be overwhelming.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. I am one of those people, I, I prefer, most of the time, I prefer, you know, games on rails. Uh, or like when I play Skyrim, ninety percent of the time it's on quests. Whereas I know a lot of people will just go walk and get lost. I'm like, how can you do that? Where do you? How do you know where you're going? And so it, it is definitely um, different tastes and different styles. But I think the the key, at least as part of the, the the learning of this, is that you're getting to choose something that you're interested in, you're passionate about, and you're getting to kind of you know determine your own destiny in that sense. And the game is supporting you in your learning by giving you timely feedback that is meaningful to you. And I know these are our tenets that educational games um, aspire to. I don't think they've necessarily, uh, you know, achieved that necessarily. But, yeah, I think – I don't think everything in the world needs to be a game. You know, work doesn't always have to be fun and playful, but I do think that it's important – that as a society, we embrace the importance of play so that we can have these these needs, you know, these very human needs met and that we, we can embrace games as a culture that is a, as an avenue for providing that.
0: Yeah, man, I'm loving this game.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Uh, are you going to stream it on the Geek Therapy Network Twitch channel?
0: I might, I might. Although again, like me just standing there for an hour, trying different combos in the training room is probably not a lot of fun, but uh, I'm thinking about it. Some
1: some people might enjoy that. I'm not one of them, but I support you. (laughs) I support you in pursuing your joy.
0: It's like half an hour, I'm just looking at a wiki and then we spend a good 15 (laughs) minutes rewatching a weapon tutorial. And then the last 20 minutes of the stream, we'll go into and actually fight a monster. (laughs) We're, we're my, just two different people. That's my idea people. of a fun day. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's
1: okay. That's okay.
0: That's okay. Well, that's it for this episode of Headshots. Please let us know if any of the things that we're talking about here resonate, or if there are games that that gave you that same feeling. I would, I would love are to hear. Are you a that.
1: Kelly or are you a hostway? Yeah. We should make a BuzzFeed quiz.
0: Do you laugh at people who look at strategy guides, or do I don't, you, or do you lo- <laughs> live in wikis? Oh, man. Wiki culture. That's, a, that's, that's, that that's is probably a, a good episode. Yeah. yeah. And...
1: I have a thing I want to plug. Oh. So completely self-promoting here uh, on, on Headshots. If you are planning to be in Boston on uh, or around PAX East time, which is the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of uh, the first week of March, you should totally come see me. I am on three, count them, three panels. Oh, yes. What panels That's are they? That's too much, well, Kelly. That's too let much. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what they are. So on uh, on Saturday at 5 p.m. in the Bobcat Theater, I am on a panel with, uh, called Post-Traumatic Growth Through Video Games. And we'll be joined by Dr. Joe Antanasio, uh, Dr. Anthony Bean, who is the one who put that together, and uh, Dr. Stephen Daniel. So I will definitely be representing for the ladies, what what, on that panel. Damn right. Hell Yeah. Then I have another panel with those same panelists at 2 p.m. on Sunday. That's s- not fair. On Sunday. That's cheating. Hey, I was just put on the panel. I had nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm innocent here. Uh, but the panel is the Psychology of the Legend of Zelda franchise, which should be uh, a lot of fun. That one is an albatross. And I think that one is streamed. So no pressure. And then the really fun part is that I have another panel at 3 p.m. on Sunday. So I have a panel at 2 p.m. And at 3 p.m.
0: You'll never make it.
1: Yes, I will. I'm, I am determined. I will go. Um, but the 3 p.m. panel is called Plot versus Reality, Mental Health Representation in Games, which is so my jam right now. I'm, I'm super, super stoked. And this is with Dr. B, so the clinical director from Take This, and uh, Leo Zullo, who is a, um, a managing director at Wired, uh, Al Hibbard, who is another manager at Wired. And Emily Mitchell, who's a game developer, who's like a teenager, and she just won a BAFTA award for her game on mental health issues. So I'm super excited to uh, to join that panel and uh, and to geek out with my fellow psychology game nerd peoples. So come say hi.
0: Sounds like Pax East is going to be a lot of fun this year.
1: And Josue won't be there because he's busy doing something else.
0: I'll be I'll be at another convention.
1: I know we're dividing and conquering.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: If you, want, if you want more details, tweet at me, at Kelly and Dunlap, and I will get back to you.
0: Yeah, so for more Headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com. We're at Headshotscast on Twitter. I am also A Cardona on Twitter. Kelly is Kelly and Dunlap. Then we'll be back in two weeks. You've just listened to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy.